With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Passionate about politics? Do you love movies? Well, you'll find a home here. Let's talk. Welcome to Weekly Wilson. Connie C. Wilson, a small business owner, writer, and educator, covers the gamut from film festival directors to the latest political debates of our time. You can't pigeonhole Connie Wilson, and she likes that just fine. So please welcome the host of Weekly Wilson, Connie C. Wilson. This is Connie C. C. for Corcoran, Connie Wilson on Weekly Wilson here on the Bold Brave Media Global Network and TuneIn Radio and all the ships at sea, which I just made up, so I have no idea if that is accurate or not. But I'm, uh, I'm wishing you all a happy Thanksgiving to come. They will be uh, playing some old program on that day so that the help can have the day off. So I will not be telling you about next week's program. I think they might use Eric Roberts, who was a guest earlier, but I'm not sure who they're going to select. But I have a wonderful guest tonight. I'm very excited to talk with writer, director, producer Gretel Claggett, who just recently won AMC Network's inaugural Best Female Creator Award at the Starable Fest 2020. This was in New York City. And uh, come to find out that Gretel also uh, she and I attended the same university, which is uh, Western Illinois University in Macomb, uh, for in her case for her MFA degree, which I believe was in theater many years prior, uh, many years after me, but but not yesterday or anything because she went on for more education in some very um, interesting sounding institutions including Sarah Lawrence where she I believe was studying poetry there also an MFA and Goucher College in Baltimore which it said was nonfiction but we'll we'll hone in on that and find out whether she was doing some film study and and come to find out Gretel was born in Hannibal Missouri uh, which I believe we all probably know is the Mark Twain famous Hannibal, Missouri. And um, I'm hoping to talk with her tonight about her 27-minute film, Storm Chaser, 
which I reviewed on Weekly Wilson uh, about a week ago. And if you go out to the movie blog, it's the big, uh, big main review today because I mentioned uh, tonight we were going to be speaking and we were hoping to snag some of the movie blog's many readers. Uh, I enjoyed Storm Chaser immensely. It was uh, only 27 minutes, but then she cut it down further to a 15-minute version entitled Flip the Switch. Uh, And that shorter film is now beginning its festival run. And she has also just completed writing and directing three episodes uh, of something called Chronicles of a Bleep Your Old Woman, we'll, which is a mini-series. We'll talk to her about all of these projects. But um, the the second film, because Storm Chaser was her second film, and she has described it as, and this is on uh, her website, dealing with global warming, disaster capitalism, Trump, bullying, the Me Too movement, morality, the shrinking middle class, and a country divided. And I just said a mouthful. That's that's a lot of topics. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Gretel to break the film Storm Chaser down for us just a bit uh, for listeners who haven't seen it. And welcome, Gretel. Oh, well, thank you so much, Connie. Uh, And I was not aware of the Western Illinois connection. That's fabulous. Um, I I knew that we shared uh, Midwestern roots. Um, So we'll have to we'll have to talk more about our our time there. Um, uh, Yeah, it's uh, so Storm Chaser. Storm Chaser is actually my second film. And I guess Flip the Switch would be my third film. Um, My first film is Happy Hour, um, which maybe we can talk a little bit about later as well but storm chaser uh you know growing up in the midwest um of course i did experience thankfully i i was never caught up in a tornado i did not go tornado chasing with my father although my father um you know in writing storm chaser uh, I realized that it was really, you know, the connection that Bonnie Blue has with her father in chasing tornadoes it was is it, very similar to the connection I had with my father in watching films. My father collected old um, 16 millimeter films, so I grew up watching all of the classics with him, and um, and I do remember a couple of close calls uh heading down to the basement you know for tornadoes um but yeah storm chaser has had a very winding path um it really started as a poem called storm secrets that's in my anthology well my book of poetry monsoon solo voices once submerged and um within that and because you've seen the film you know don stuckey who is uh the office manager actually was the storm chaser in storm secrets so uh the storm chaser was a man and uh who was down on his luck had a passion for chasing storms um and uh, is in a job that is, I guess, soul-sucking in many ways. Um, So throughout, it it started as a poem, and then when I decided to write the screenplay, it went through many evolutions in writing and rewriting. And I know you understand being a writer yourself, you know, writing is rewriting. (laughs) Um, So all of those themes, as I was rewriting... And really, I guess what fascinated me with, I wanted to write something uh, that 
that took place in small town America, uh, which is where I grew up. I also wanted to incorporate um, these issues that we're facing, you know, and, and sadly, the volume is increasing on these issues like uh, global warming. Uh, disaster capitalism, I think, is the leading business in the world today, um, which is really predatory capitalism. I mean, it's 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 basically and in the in the in the tale of Storm Chaser, you know, Bonnie Blue, who has a passion for chasing storms um, with her dad. She grew up doing that. Years later, we meet her middle age, you know, up against a recession, as so many people are feeling right now. And she's stuck in a joyless job. And she's a different kind of storm chaser. And uh, that term is actually used for um, shady outfits like flip siding in the film who go into weather torn areas and sell roofing siding and storm doors door to door. Um, but they're, they're generally shoddy materials. Um, and they oftentimes will tell people, Oh, you'll get an insurance discount. Um, you know, a lot of this happened during Katrina where, where people bought things that they thought they were going to have covered with insurance and then they're not. Um, they do a half, you know, not a good job. I was going to say half-assed job. Uh, you <laughs> you know, can say that, that's fine. And, okay, great. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, in the next storm, you know, the roof blows off or caves in. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, all of these issues. And then, of course, I have been a woman in a boys' club in sales. So, obviously, that came into play. Um, and, uh you know, just the just all of these issues that are that are uh, that we're faced with now. So, so it is a lot, I guess, to pack into 27 minutes. Um, uh, I also made the film um, with an eye toward expanding it either into a feature or or more likely a television series. Aha! Uh-huh. Well, so, when when. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have some words from our sponsors, but before uh, we break, I want to give you the thought that it reminded me a great deal of a film that it took me uh, a while to think of, and then it came to me, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and we will talk about that, uh, those similarities and differences after these commercial messages. Master of words, powerful player. What life-changing words can Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield pull out of her magical toolbox that just might mysteriously open a door you never knew was there? A door to free yourself from fear forever. Transform your rage into right action. Release your guilt. Position you into a life of freedom, purpose, passion, power, and peace. All quite suddenly, unexpectedly, and almost miraculously, with no effort on your part. Join Dr. Janet every Monday at noon Eastern on Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on the BBM Global Network as she and her guests show you how words map our experiences, immersing you in a sound bath that relaxes your muscles, opens your mind, and supports you in co-creating your extraordinary life. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like, it was almost instant, like... 
I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside. You know, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. This is Connie Wilson here with Weekly Wilson on your Thursday night. And I have a wonderful guest, a writer, director, and producer, Gretel Claggett, who has uh, been talking with me about her second second and sort of third because uh, the second film gave way to the third film based on the Storm Chaser concept but uh, she and I were just discussing uh, prior to the break the fact that there is a, another uh, very well known film, uh, David Mamet screenplay as I uh, I think he did the screenplay and the stage play and that was uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross and I I realized as I thought back to it of course this none of this went into my oh so great i wrote that uh review of it that appears while it well hunkered down in my basement because of a tornado <laughs> i thought that was somehow <laughs> somehow apropos and, uh, i love it and i love it i went Went into my husband. I said, "You know, they just said we should go to the basement. There's a there's a tornado warning." And he was taking a nap. And he said, "Yeah, you handle that for me." So he he could not be roused. So I went downstairs and hoped I wouldn't lose power. And then I thought I must put this in here. So a, a lot of things went awry with my review, including putting in all. I got started thinking about tornadoes that I have been through, and I actually have been through two of them. And I thought, man, I ought to. I wonder what happened to those pictures. So I threw those in and then took them out. But <laughs> it was really uh, a great, uh, I wanted to ask you about the beginning of the film. The little girl gets in the truck with her dad and they're, they are chasing the storm. And there's a dialogue yeah. along that. But where did you find this storm? I mean, it was such a great uh, image. Oh, well, I was very, very lucky to, um, I, I did a lot of research online and I found uh, a storm chaser. His name is Skip Talbot and uh, he is a well-known storm chaser and he shot some beautiful images of uh, tornadoes. And I think that Skip is in Illinois. I think he's based out of Illinois, but he had even chased a tornado uh, around Hannibal. So I reached out to him blindly, you know, hey, I'm doing a movie called Storm Chaser. And, you know, um, would you consider, because I mean, this is an indie film, you know, I produced this with Culture Catalyst. Um, I, you know, I did get some private funding, but I had to reach deeply into my own pockets and, uh, and I did get a small grant. Um, but as an indie filmmaker, you know, uh, you're, you're always kind of begging and borrowing and, you know, um, just trying to get people excited about the project so that they want to contribute, whether it's, uh, you know, free food for the crew or discounted prices. So anyway, I reached out to Skip 
And he was a little cagey at first. He's like, uh, send me the script. Um, and I have to say, I had talked to a couple of other storm chasers and, you know, they were, they never asked to see the script. They just, it was kind of like, oh, if you want to buy footage from me, it's X amount of dollars, which I did not have, Connie. You know, it was like, I, oh, well, I can't yes. spend that on storm footage, you know, but I also didn't want to do stock storm footage. So I sent Skip the script that's a tongue twister. Uh, yeah. I sent him the script and I didn't know whether I would hear anything back, you know, um, and literally in the middle of the night, he wrote me back and he loved the script and he loved, and I, I, of course I told him it was a passion project. I told him my intention, you know, to tell a story. I mean, what fascinates me about the storm is, this connection with mother nature, the fierceness of mother nature, um, the beauty, the spirituality, really, in my mind, the connectedness, you know, and then also the kind of raping of mother nature and the metaphor of the storm as we all have a storm inside of us, right, that we have to reckon with or else it reckons with us. Or so, as you, um, as you so, wrote, wrote, a visual manifestation of a turmoil just beneath the surface. Great line, I thought. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. So, so, um, so Skip wrote back to me and wanted to talk, and he loved the script. And he basically said, I understand, you know, storm chasing is my passion, so, and, and I get it. And I will give you any 4K footage you want. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give that to you. So um, I was very blessed with that. Um, he has a um, chasing partner named Jennifer Brindley. And so she also came on board. And um, in the scene where Bonnie is kind of reminiscing in the bedroom scene where she looks and there's a canvas on the wall of her father, you know, she kind of remembers back um, and uh, it, it kind of, gets her in touch with that passion again before she goes out and um, makes her first sale. Um, that is a beautiful photograph by Jennifer Brindley. So I have to give both Jennifer and Skip props because, uh, you know, they were so amazing to work with. They taught me a lot about storm chasing. Actually, the line that Flip says, um, Tornado Alley is a myth. Superstorms strike anywhere, anytime. I got that out of a conversation with Jennifer because, um, you know, I was, I was very kind of caught up for a while about filming it in Tornado Alley, but I really couldn't afford to take the crew to, originally I wanted it, I wanted to shoot it in and around my hometown of Hannibal, but it just wasn't feasible. We ended up shooting in Vermont and, um, you know, there are mountains in Vermont and it was kind of like, okay. And I had to look long and hard to get those locations that had kind of the flat road to do the chase. But I also wanted it to, I wanted to bring in the fact that Tornado Alley is expanding because of um, climate change and global warming. It's not, you know, tornadoes don't just happen in Tornado Alley anymore. And actually, when we were shooting in Vermont on the second day, 
we had a small tornado that touched down near our location and uh, and torrential thunderstorms. And that put me behind about a day in filming, um, which, you know, is always very stressful when you have limited time and resources. <laughs> but um, so that 4K footage, that storm was shot by a real storm chaser. And then what I had to figure out with my team was how to film the action of Bonnie, young Bonnie and her dad and how to composite it. So we composited the real storm into the footage that we shot in Vermont in post-production. Well, it's truly uh, amazing uh, footage and I, uh, it's a great opening and I looked extremely authentic and I would never have guessed it was Vermont, especially since all the plates on the cars were from uh, Missouri, which I did catch exactly. on to. And when we come back from this break, we will talk about the Sony first ever 4K cinematic music video. Don't go away. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the EBM Global Network. Author, radio show host, and coach John M. Hawkins reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, Unlock Your Full Potential with Limitless Growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and to in radio. And this is Connie Wilson here with Gretel Claggett, my writer, director, producer, uh, guest tonight. I should have mentioned earlier that if you have questions for my guest, you can call in live at 866-451-1451. I'll re repeat that, 866-451-1451. I forget that we are live and get interested in the conversation when I have such good guests. And I was asking Gretel before the break about um, where she actually got the knowledge, uh, not so much the writing, that obviously is a talent and she has developed it to uh, a very fine degree, push, part, uh, push, push cart prize winner as well. Try saying that quickly three times. But I, I wanted know, to know how she, she learned 
about cameras and things, because this is a line from uh, her own website that she uh, is, is a, uh, enjoys pioneering the use of innovative technologies to shape inspiring brand stories from writing and directing Sony's first ever 4K 360 degree cinematic music video. And then it goes on to a bunch of other things uh, that we'll talk about as time goes on. But I'm my question from all of that is, how did you learn about cameras and, you know, th- this kind of stuff? Well, with cameras, I, I only know enough to be dangerous. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, my, you know, looking back on my career, um, there have been so many things that I've kind of fallen into. Um, I think that the through line is, creativity, of course, creating. I I was always creating. Even when I was in my sales career, I was taking writing classes. I was writing on weekends. I was, you know, um, so so basically I got very involved with, um, uh, you know, working with innovative technology um, in my corporate agency career. And um, I from from writing and also being on the business development end, I started creative directing um, and directing live. So one of my specialties with, you know, I've worked with companies like IBM, Entertainment Weekly, um, uh, other, you know, Canon. Um, but one of my passions was really combining live performance, whether they were dancers or actors, with tech-driven multimedia. Um, and so I had to learn a lot. And of course, videos were part of that. Um, you mentioned the Sony, uh, 4k 360 degree video. That was something, uh, that I did with Jeff Berlin, who's a Sony artisan who actually was one of the cinematographers on storm chaser. I brought him into that job, but a few years before that we did this 360 degree video, which basically Connie, we went into the Mojave desert for like, I don't know, three days. We were driving through the desert with a crew. We had a pizza. Um, we had a, 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 a pizza pan with eight, uh, four small 4k cameras. And then Jeff had a camera and we captured this 360 degree footage. There was a loose narrative that I came up with. And then that was shown on Sony's horizon screen, which is a 360 degree screen at the consumer electronics show. Um, so that was, that was a really, it was fun. It was exhausting. I mean, we were sleeping in hotels maybe two hours a night. I mean, production is generally production's pretty brutal. Um, and, uh, and you know, it was, a, it was, I learned a lot on that project and I've been very blessed to do a lot of directing of these big corporate things, which then of course, I'm able to bring into my own projects. Um, you know, you, that's one of the things as a director, it's similar to being an actor. Um, you know, as a writer, you can have your notebook or, you know, your laptop or whatever, and you can create anytime you want. Uh, it's, it's down to you and the blank page. Um, as an actor or a director, you have to have a project and you have to have 
uh, material and the team. Um, it is a very collaborative, uh, creative process. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that's going on now in terms of, uh, you know, the call for diversity is that, um, you know, even in writers' rooms, but especially in the realm of directing, um, women have not been given as much opportunities as men through the years. And so, you know, you get better by doing it, like anything. Um, I did not go to film school. Uh, I guess my film school was really, you know, every weekend watching a few features with my father, um, you know, who collected movies. And then always, we always had a movie on. Um, or as my mother who's probably listening, we used to say about my father, there's always an Indian war going on because he loved like Westerns, which wasn't my thing. But um, but he also loved the classics. So I've watched so many movies. Um, even my writing is very visual. Like I'm, a, I'm just like, that's kind of how I'm wired. So it making films has allowed me to kind of combine all of these passions, but I really just did it. Um, I decided to make happy hour, uh, in 2013, um, which is based on a poem, uh, happy hour, a uh, lyrical poem. And that's a 15 minute, 14 and change minute film. And, um, uh, and that, that, this is a good uh, point know, for me to uh, introduce uh, Happy Hour, which I have here in front of me, very short. Mm -hmm. Happy Hour, when women laugh at jokes they don't find funny and men tell stories only half true. I recall how at this house, my parents and their friends welcomed in the weekends, how they'd sit by the fireplace wishing the flames ribbons could tie up loose ends, how they'd never see him lead me from the room and up the stairs, martini in hand, olives bobbing like bloodshot eyes. After, cleanup, a monogrammed handkerchief, the quick zip of pants, he'd slip a silver dollar into my pocket, good girl. And that's your mm -hmm. happy hour poem from the book Monsoon Solo, Voices Once Submerged. And that was your first film, 2013. And Robert Benton, now Robert Benton, for those of you that don't immediately uh, recognize that name, was the Oscar-winning director of films like Kramer vs. Kramer, Bonnie and Clyde, Places in the Heart, uh, the original Superman in 1978. And he wrote of Happy Hour, your first film, quote, a lush, elegant film about an extremely difficult subject, and Ms. Claggett handles it masterfully, end quote. And mm -hmm. I thought, wow, that's high praise from a, a person who certainly knows what they're talking about. And we will talk, uh, we'll go back to the 2013 uh, Julianne Moore uh, involved uh, first film uh, and uh, talk about it a little bit. And then, of course, we'll, when we get to near the end, we got to find out what you're doing right now. So don't go away. Call in if you have questions. I'm here with Gretel Claggett, and we would like to hear from you. Tune into It's All About You with host Dr. Martha Latz, a lively weekly broadcast on BBM Global Network, one of the most empowering shows for time-starved, overscheduled multitaskers. The professional expertise of Dr. Latz is directly available live every Thursday at 1 p.m. to answer and address concerns about relationships, life transitions of career, meeting, dating, and committed relationships. It's All About You with Dr. Latz will expand your understanding of current 
recurring concerns across your relationships by broadening and expanding possible solutions in developing skills for mutually desired outcomes. Dr. Martha's expertise is as a licensed marriage and family therapist, life, transition coach, and all things to do with communication at work, home, and with friends. Check out her website at auniquetherapycenter.com. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. And this is Connie Wilson here with my guest, Gretel Claggett, who is the uh, many multi-talented uh, writer, director, producer of uh, three films. And we already talked briefly about Storm Chaser. That's uh, kind of been the, the newer one. It was actually her second of three. But we we went back in time to 2013 in Happy Hour, which I uh, think came out of the poem in your book. Uh, is, is that that's, mm-hmm. sounds like it must have and then how did you get yeah. Julianne Moore involved? Well, I met Julianne Moore when I was uh, 22 years old, maybe 23 years old. Um, I my first passion was acting. I started acting when I was seven years old, doing professional summer stock. And um, after uh, my MFA in acting, I went to Actors Theatre of Louisville and did an acting internship. Um, and that's Actors Theatre of Louisville is where great plays like Night Mother, um, oh my goodness, Steel Magnolias came out of. Actors Theatre of Louisville. Um, so they do something called the Humana Festival of Plays. So Julianne Moore um, had, I think, just kind of left the soaps at that time and was starting to do some independent film. And so she was doing an Arthur Coppett play called Bone the Fish. And um, I worked on that and met her and she kind of became like a big sister to me. Um, And so I've known her for many years. So in 2012, when I started thinking about, you know, I'm going to make this film. um, And I had never, like I said, I didn't go to, I didn't go to film school. I've learned by doing um, and, and just uh, learning on the job, so to speak. And of course, doing a lot of research, um, reading a lot of books and watching a lot of films. I grew up watching films. So the storytelling aspect of it, um, you know, was always, that's always been a passion of mine. And I, and I think that's really what, you know, to kind of tie it into happy hour, um, I, I was sexually abused growing up. Um, it started before I could 
speak, you know, really was always happening in my memory um, until I was 16. Um, so I had written about it. I had this poem when I would go and perform my poetry, when I would speak that poem, inevitably I would have people come up to me afterwards and share their stories with me. So I really wanted to make something about that subject matter that um, would allow people to go into the world of it. It's, it's, um, I wanted to create something beautiful that then could turn into horror, you know? And so there are very Hitchcockian horror tropes in it. Um, so with Julianne, I basically, you know, said, Hey, I'm thinking of doing this. Would you narrate, you know, speak the poem? So the film kind of unfolds with, you see a different number of things. Um, and then the poem comes in at the end and kind of ties it all up together. So, um, and she said, Oh, remind me of that poem. And I said the poem aloud to her and she went, Oh, you know, and kind of cringed. And then she said, Okay, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> so, so <laughs> well, she um, wasn't booby nice, you know, so you know she's got a lot of guts when it, she's putting herself out there, and and is a wonderful actress, and I, obviously oh, her, she's, uh, she's amazing. Yeah, and the Alzheimer's one, uh, well, I can't even think of the name of it, but it was uh, oh, still very, Alice, still Alice. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was you know just. Uh, just uh, with those of us, that, that happens to have, have been something in my family with my dad. So, you know, we've certainly seen someone with a brilliant mind just uh, erased like that. And, and she did a great job in that film. Yeah. So this sounds yeah. like it could be. Um, now, I don't know whether you cross-pollinate, but uh, it's moving along, segueing along. <laughs> mm. Jimmy Fallon has nothing on me. Um you are now working on <laughs> three episodes of a uh, kind of came out a storm chaser because uh, it's uh, sounds like the same female character. Do you think you could work in mm. some of the stuff from Happy Hour as if the three episodes you've already written and directed, if it goes further? And do you think it will go further? I, I can't uh, imagine whether you have a finite oh. end or it, well, how how far are you going to go with that? Oh, chronicles so of a bleep year old woman. About, oh, yeah, chronicles. That's actually I did not. I that's not my piece. I was a director for hire on that. Oh, so, it was not yours. Um, I, yeah, so, I stand corrected. Yeah, so and that's actually a very. Um, uh, more of kind of a comedy central uh, comedy. Um, oh, okay. It's, well, uh, it's 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 very. I mean, it does deal with women of a certain age and things around you know to have a child, not to have a child. How if a woman doesn't have a child, how she's judged. Um, but yeah, that's not my that's that's not my creation. I was a director for hire on that on those three episodes. Ah. However, it's funny. It's, it's funny, Connie, you should mention, because I do have a piece called Do This, Get That, that is um, that I am developing uh, and either as a feature or feature to series. And happy hour is the back. There is some happy hour in the backstory. Um, and the protagonist is indeed a saleswoman but not a door-to-door -door saleswoman like bonnie blue uh very different character than bonnie blue actually um but still uh you know it's a very female driven kind of takes place during the decadent 90s um and in much higher stakes sales 
um, in in the world of uh, incentives, incentive sales. I could see you taking Bonnie Blue and moving her into a series. Let's start tonight. And you you can give her that with the backstory that you have from Happy Hour and other uh, poems in in the book as well. Um, And because Mm -hmm. as the as the 27 minute film ended uh, and she's driving away with Don Stuckey, played by Dominic Reigns, she says, you're the uh, eye of my tornado or something, something like that. And you're the eye of my storm. You're the eye of my storm. You want to know whether they, to fame and fortune, and, uh, you know, they obviously are together at that point, and she has uh, survived everything that happened with the horrible job, and it kind of, uh, I could see that being a series, uh, and I could see you writing it, so take that and do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yes, I have my marching orders. Yes, it's it's actually, I have thought about Storm Chaser as uh, an anthology series um, similar to a Fargo. So season one could be Storm Chaser with Bonnie Blue. And then in other, in other seasons, we would have other forms of disaster capitalism, other forms of, uh, you know, because it does take place in, in the prison system, in the uh, military complex, in the educational system, it's all over, you know, uh, predatory capitalism. But, um, you know, with kind of this every man or every woman who is up against a system that they ultimately want to fix, but yet they are a part of it and kind of over a barrel, you know, with with their paycheck or what have you. Um, well, hold that thought. So I know we we'll have to. Be, I, we'll yeah. be right back, and I want to ask you about those people over a barrel and the pandemic. So don't go away. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale. An international initiative called Nursing Now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and Join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing, Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. The opiate epidemic has reached crisis levels, and with so many families affected by addiction, opiate-related drug overdoses, and death, the time is now to have a real constructive conversation about addiction that could lead to better prevention, treatment, and recovery. Alan Charles, author and keynote speaker on drug abuse and prevention, presents The Alan Charles Show. Alan brings a message of hope, sharing his unbelievable story of surviving a 24-year addiction to cocaine and highlights from his memoir, Walking Out the Other Side, an addict's journey from loneliness to life. His raw honesty and courageous heart breaks the stigma of addiction and offers a unique perspective into the mind of an addict. Join Alan each week as he brings his listeners to a true understanding of the grip of addiction. It is only with this understanding that we can begin to heal. The Alan Charles Show, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network. 
And this is Connie Wilson on Weekly Wilson here with Gretel Claggett, writer, director, producer. And uh, she and I were just discussing during the break uh, the pandemic. Is there anything else that any of us are discussing these days? Uh, Here in Iowa, Mm -hmm. I'm on the border of Iowa, 51% positivity rate. So don't go outside. Uh, My question to her. Yeah, that's that's the problem. I've already had it. I had it. If you find me coughing up a lung, I can only say that I had it in October and managed to survive. So there's that. But my thoughts, I'm asking, what are your thoughts on the pandemic and how it will uh, affect all of the arts? But of course, I'm thinking movies because that's my favorite one. But I mean, I would hate to be a painter, a musician, a sculptor anything. And again, there was a, a mention of a, an organization called Save Our Stages, a hashtag Save Our Stages last week, which apparently is urging mm-hmm. Congress to get some money to the arts. Um, thoughts on the pandemic and what's happening? You know better than I do. Well, I mean, you know, I'm in New York City. Uh, and of course, we were the epicenter for a while. Um, at the start of March, I lost all of my paying work. Um, I, uh, I do feel that I'm, you know, lucky in that I, I do work in these brand related, you know, uh, I creative direct. Uh, there are no live events, but there are some little virtual things going on. But a lot of people in that industry have no work. I mean, it's very, very sparse. Um, in terms of the arts, um, I think it speaks to, uh, you know, it, it, well, with the pandemic, I, I guess <laughs> I, it's, you know, I, I, I think that in terms of our country, you know, all of the things that are coming to the surface, I mean, these are deep-seated issues. Um, and, of course, in Storm Chaser, you ran, you know, earlier you ran across that whole long list of, you know, all of those issues. And, uh, and, and certainly the pandemic has made the pain across all of those things, um, you know, all of the problems uh, with global warming, with with people, you know, with high unemployment, with people um, really just, uh, you know, living paycheck to paycheck um, in joyless jobs um, with with uh, just, you know, racism and ageism and sexism and all the isms, um, you know, all of these things that were kind of. Uh, seeing just the volume is is increasing on all of these, but it, it's something that's been going on for a long time. And, uh, you know, I think as a culture, we've been very complicit with it, whether it's consciously or unconsciously complicit. And I think that speaks also to consumerism. And, uh, you know, I just think that the pandemic, hopefully, I'm, I'm praying that good will come out of it. But sadly, there are so many people suffering. Um, and the arts, uh, you know, I could go off on a tirade about being an artist in a capitalistic, you know, uh, society. Uh, we don't value the arts. We don't value education the way, you know, you said you were a teacher. I mean, teachers are underpaid for what they do hopefully uh, with kids 
you know, being homeschooled now, you know, a lot of parents are going, oh, my goodness, I had no idea that this was so difficult. But I think our, our values and our morals have we, we've lost our way. We lost our center. So I hope that the pandemic you know, it, it's it's rough. There's suffering. There's probably going to be more suffering. Um, there's been needless loss of life. Um, I don't want to get into a deep political discussion around this, but to really take it to the arts. The arts are education in my mind. The arts, you know, when a child learns how to act or learns how to paint or self-expresses and learns how to be with themselves and to figure out, like, how do I feel about this? How do I, you know, how, how can I create? Whether they do that as a profession or not, you know, because the arts have always been hard as a profession to make money, but that is something that you carry forward with you into adulthood that enriches your life and makes whatever you're doing, makes you a better person in your job, a better partner, a better, you know, I mean, and I just feel like the fact that it's so devalued. And I do believe very strongly that that storytelling transforms us. That's what allows us to really get in touch with our with our light and our shadow and to be able to transform. Um, But we don't we just we don't value that as a culture. Um, so I don't know. I think that, you know, the arts are suffering and they will probably suffer more sadly. Um, although, and, and I do believe that as human beings, we, we will fight to express and hopefully there will be a renaissance, you know, of, of a lot of different forms of great art. Um, so I don't know what the future holds. I try to stay positive, Connie, you know, with it's, that. It's but, very difficult but, these um, days. I, it, it is. And, you know, and I think about, I mean, and, you know, I think about actors, um, you know, people, I mean, the, the people who were working on Broadway, you know, there is no Broadway until maybe, I don't know, there's, I think at one point they said March of next year, then I think maybe it was pushed to May. I don't know where it stands now, because of course, you know, public schools in New York have shut down again. And, you know, our, uh, we're not at 51%, but our, you know, where our rates are going up. And um, uh, yeah, we're number one in the country. I think we're closely followed by South Dakota and Texas, but uh, it is bad, bad, bad uh, here in the Midwest. And um, I I will direct you to this will be going up after tonight when it's in the can. They'll put it up on uh, it'll go up on weeklywilson.com. And I have been cadging from the, the greats and the better writers than myself. And Leonard Pitts of the Miami Herald came out and said he didn't want to be the aunt at the picnic but he started talking about the election and what I I was mostly struck by his comment that this is like the civil war only instead of being north against south this is city versus country college educated versus high Mm. school educated and most significantly Mm. future versus past and I thought wow Mm. you really nailed it Uh, we will be coming back and continue our discussion right after these messages Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as 
as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale, an international initiative called Nurse Nursing Now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing, Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. This is Connie Wilson on Weekly Wilson, back with Gretel Claggett. We have decided that we could become best friends and just talk and just bore all of you out there for hours because (laughs) we're now on to politics and who knows what we'll be doing next. We've already talked about the pandemic and how it's ruining the arts, but let's face it, you know, the country itself has got to pull out of where we are. We've got to get our elected, our duly elected president into office and quit the power grab that's going on and give the poor guy the the, uh, security briefings and most especially the Mm. um, he needs to be handed at least the manual that they threw out when they came in that told them how to deal with a pandemic. They didn't like that, (laughs) dismantled the team and threw that in the trash. And we can all just uh, see, what is a quarter of a million of us now have have suffered through that. It's not one bit amusing. Let's get Joe Biden in there and let him take, even if they don't give him the the keys to the washroom, just give him the power to begin with the vaccine stuff that would be helpful right because i it's just right. bur- country's burning up and we here also, and go ahead I, yeah and we also need to wear our masks i mean oh, i you yeah. know i i'm in new york and we wear masks and i don't see it as an infringement on my freedom i see it as uh, as my being you know protecting myself and protecting other people and it's not forever um, but yeah, I don't know when we decided that science could not be trusted or followed. Um, but no, well, I anyway. didn't ever decide that. Uh, I'm in Illinois, and we're blue also. But the but then you go across the bridge, the I-74 bridge across the Mississippi, and you're into the hot zone, 51 percent, and all of the hospitals are full to over. You know, just even tonight, people are on our local stations saying 
please don't get sick. We don't have anywhere to put you. You know, that's kind of where you guys oh. were when we saw Gov- uh, Cuomo on every single morning. Absolutely. And what he yep. could to stem that tide. So, and soon we will yep. leave for Texas to get out of the, um, usually we go down there in January, but there's no holidays here. <laughs> I don't know about you, but we're having right. no holidays. Nope. We didn't have Halloween and nothing else. So might as well go down there early. And nope. it's not, it's also bad. Texas is very bad because uh, we're in Austin, mm-hmm. which is very good, but uh, the state as a whole is not really following the rules. And and uh, it's very easily transmitted. Whoever is saying that it is a hoax and it's over-reported and all that should be slapped silly. I'm sorry, but I just you just hear heartbreaking stories. And, and certainly uh, I know. every family has lost, if not a family member, they've lost a close friend. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think we've just been fortunate out here in the hot zone to make it through without uh, collapsing under the weight of the uh, coronavirus. And I want uh, Joe Biden to get in there and get his program started. And I would like to see the last of the current occupant who shall remain nameless. So I want to thank you so much for for coming on tonight uh, and tell us one last uh, time, what is your current uh, project that you're working on that you're most excited about? Oh, well, I'm working on, um, I, I mean, as you stated, Flip the Switch was a shorter version of Storm Chaser that's just now starting to play the festival circuit. And I I did a recut restructure of the film, which I learned a lot from as a writer and a director in doing that, um, you know, so that it could reach a wider audience. A lot of short blocks have very limited running time. So did that. And I am in development um, for two projects. Both of them are female driven one is a, another dramedy takes place in the decadent 90s um and uh you know uh, deals with deals with i i guess issues around abuse of power um money fair exchange um uh a woman in a man's world uh, in the page i shouldn't say a man's world it's really the patriarch or patriarchy and uh and then the other one is something very different uh for me it's a metaphysical thriller um Ooh, that would like be the sound a of that. series yes yes great. also very female driven and also dealing with issues around how we source our power Well, I'm going to I'm going to be awaiting those and your link. And I want to thank you again so much for coming on tonight and uh, look for the uh, the repeat of this when they put it up on Weekly Wilson. You will enjoy the editorials I have up there because it sounds like we would agree on most of the uh, tenets. So thank you so much, Gretel. And I uh, want to wish everyone out there, all our listeners, all two of you in a closet in Milan, Illinois. I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. This has been Weekly Wilson with your host, Connie C. Wilson. Join her each week with a lively discussion of political matters, movies, books, and other topics that capture the heart and mind. Right here on Weekly Wilson. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.